What you see is what you get. This week, music fans, what you see is what you get with new Luke Combs. That's right. Plus, FK Twigs is back with Magdalene. We'll hear from her along with Beck, Nile Horan, Nicki Minaj. Plus, the Jonas Brothers are getting us in the holiday spirit. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle. Not that song, but a different song. All of that and more coming your way right now, Mrs. Claus, because today (laughs) is New Music Friday and Billboard is here to break down this week's biggest releases. I'm Fernando Ventura. And I'm Chelsea Briggs. Welcome to Billboard's first stream live. Turn it off once I turn it on. There's no stopping me once I get going. Now that is how you kick off a show. We are listening to One Too Many, a rollicking drinking song, as Luke Combs describes it. From his new album, What You See Is What You Get, Luke has a lot of momentum going into this week's release. His debut album, This One's For You, just tied a record by leading Billboard's top country albums chart for 50 weeks. The set matched the reign of Shania Twain's Come On Over, which began its 50-frame domination in 1997. And when it comes to the new album, Luke explores his emotional range on tracks like The Poignant, Even Though I'm Leaving. It's okay, boy, I ain't scared I won't be here, but I'll always be right there. Even though I'm leaving, I ain't going nowhere. And of course, he shows off plenty of his lighthearted side in songs like the title track, What You See Is What You Get. What you see is what you get from Luke Combs, but what you may not know is that the singer originally wanted to be, wait for it, a homicide detective. I'm not kidding. Here he is telling Jimmy Kimmel about that this week on Kimmel's ABC show. But if you've noticed, I don't actually have the physical build of a police officer necessarily. so I didn't, I didn't cover. <laughs> Undercover. That's right. That's right. Yes. Yes. That is a fact. I see. All right. Now let's get to know Luke Combs even more. Here he is sharing some fun facts about himself with Billboard. Take a listen. My biggest crush in high school was Jennifer Aniston. Have you seen Friends? Obviously, if you have, you'll get what I'm talking about. My favorite food is all the food. Whatever you throw down in front of me, I'm probably going to probably gonna crush it. Spirit animal is Garth Brooks. Uh, we're both dashingly handsome. And uh, I think we're both great performers, so. I started writing songs about a year after I picked the guitar up. Uh, I was 22, living at my grandmother's house uh, in Charlotte for the summer. Just kind of took to it like white on rice, I guess. Hold my hands and pull me close. All right, next up, we're moving on to Holy Terrain. Are we going to church? I mean, kind of, <laughs> sort of, okay? The song features Future, and it's the second single FK Twigs released in advance of her highly anticipated sophomore album, Magdalene, which arrived on Friday. Now, Twigs spoke to Ross Garano of Billboard recently about how her songwriting has evolved since her genre-busting debut album, 2014's LP1. Here's what she had to say. When I wrote my first album, I was 23, then... When I wrote in my second album, I was like 30. Mm-hmm. So I've just, you know, I've just changed and grown up and been through things and I feel more confident. I mean, I think I've always been like truthful, but I definitely feel like I've like been digging in a deeper place for Magdalene. Mm-hmm. And, and I knew I didn't really want to release any music until I like found the bottom of the well. 
All right, now let's bring in Billboard's Bianca Gracie to talk FKA Twigs. It has been five years since her debut, Bianca, and Twigs has gone through some health issues and heartbreak to -hmm. get here. Can you talk a little bit about the journey from LP1 to Magdalene and how she expresses that on the new album? Well, you know, when FKA Twigs uh, came out in 2014 with LP1, um, it was pretty much, we haven't really heard something like that, you know, in the R&B space. She was really um, experimenting with electronic music and trip house and rap and it was just bonkers at that time you know not, not a lot of people were really crossing that musical boundary and on that debut album like she was just so self-assured and confident and really this like sexual prowess but I feel like with Magdalene you know she did experience a heartbreak and she's channeling that raw emotion on this album and this is the most vulnerable that we've ever heard her. You just spoke about the fact that LP1 didn't fit into the genre, but do you feel the same about this album as well? And how would you say her music has evolved? I think Twig, she is a genreless artist. With this um, new album, she self-produced the whole thing. She definitely brought in some big names. You know, Skrillex has helped produce, Jack Antonoff, uh, Nicholas Jar. So she's getting some outside help, but I feel like she really wanted to push her own limits. As we heard Twig say on um, the clip earlier, she was, you know, in her early 20s writing the first album, LP1, but now she turned 30 and she's really kind of getting into the nitty-gritty of her emotions and really tapping into another side of her soul that you know we haven't really seen before I feel like you know she's always had this um, very not calculated but she has an image that she's always wanted to project uh, to other people but I feel like now she's kind of really stripping down those layers and having her fans really enter like the deepest parts of her soul with this album. So she's always had a really big following, but do you feel like there are some songs in this album that could have a mainstream vibe? Definitely Holy Terrain. That's my favorite track off the record because, you know, I am part of the Future Hive and Future is actually the only guest feature on this record. Um, wow. And, you know, this, yeah, this was actually, you know, her second collaboration with the rapper. She worked with ASAP Rocky last year. So having more of a mainstream rapper on this record, you know, that's definitely helping her cross over, so to speak, into more of um, a bigger lane. Moving on, we are headed to dark places. Oh no, that's scary. It's just the name <laughs> of the atmospheric track we're listening to right now from okay. Beck. It's the latest cut that Beck has shared from his 14th full-length album, Hyperspace. That arrives on November 22nd. Dark Places follows the first two songs Beck shared from the set back in October, Hyperlife, and this one, the super chill, Uneventful Days. Never-ending days, never-ending nights. Everything I do, no, I don't do right. I think you need a little chill this week, Chelsea. I feel like this I think I absolutely need a little chill, and an uneventful day would be amazing as well. Yeah, there you go. Spend a little time with Beck. Beck spoke recently to Zane Lowe for Apple Music's Beats One and revealed where the Hyperspace album title comes from. Here's what he had to say. It's a weird word. I think I've had that kicking around for about 20 years. For me, why I brought it to this particular project, I was thinking about this video game from when I was a small child, and I remember there was this point where you're gonna get killed in the video game and there's a special button you could hit 
it would make you disappear yeah and you'd reappear somewhere safe just in general i think we could all use that button definitely <laughs> but i looked it up and I said, what's that button called and it was called hyperspace Hey, it's Niall Horn here, and you're listening to Fernando. Well, thank you for that lovely intro, Niall Horn. It is much appreciated. Oh, my God. Anytime you can slip that in, Fernando, you sure play it, don't you? Anytime. In fact, anytime (laughs) is the right time. Like, right now. Let's try it again. Fernando. Niall Horn started following me on Twitter a couple weeks ago. Oh. You always got to one-up me all the time. I mean, kind of. Anyway, Diplo, who may or may not have been wearing his cowboy hat at the time, has remixed Niall Horan's Nice to Meet You. The new oh version gosh. is now a 90s house hit. ever wondering what it looked like if, uh, you know, Diplo and Nowhorn had a baby? Well, that is what the music video is. Did you see it? It's literally uh, their faces superimposed on each other. Oh, I'm going to see it now. Oh my God, I'm dead. It's amazing. <laughs> the original version of Nice to Meet You, of course, arrived in October, and it was Niall's first single since his Seeing Blind collaboration with Marin Morris in 2018. Marin Morris, Diplo, Niall is no stranger to linking up with big names, but... No, he's not. Who is he hoping to collaborate with in the future if those pesky schedules can just line up? I asked him about that recently in an interview for 99.7 Now Radio, my radio station in San Francisco, and here's what he had to say. A lot of collaborations, you know, I hear fans talking about it and, you know, pitching certain collaborations and hoping they happen and... You know, most of the time it's kind of based on like a throwaway comment by one of the (laughs) artists. But for instance, the Shawn Mendes thing always comes up. When are you and Shawn Mendes going to do something? Blah, blah, blah. He's in Asia right now. Right. (laughs) I'm here. (laughs) The timing of that is just off. We're good friends. When we see each other, we don't necessarily go, tell you what, let's go to the studio tonight. It's more like, let's go for a beer. It would be good to do the Shawn thing. Mm -hmm. I think that would be great. You know, to make the fans happy. Right. At some point, I'd love to do something with Taylor. Taylor Swift, you know. Yeah. I feel like we write well together and we get on really well. And But, I mean, again, when is that going to happen? I don't know, but uh, I'd love you know, to write something chilled out with her. I think it'd be nice. Flexo Spanish-speaking muscles, Nicki Minaj. That's Ooh. right. The previously maybe not really retired rapper is back again this week with Tusa. A collaboration with Latin singer Carol G. Let's listen to a little bit more of the song right now. And Billboard's Leila Cobo actually caught up with Carol G this week and talked about how she worked with Nikki on her Spanish for the track. Carol G said she surprised me by recording four full lines in Spanish. In addition, the day of the video, she says she asked me to teach her how to sing the chorus in Spanish, and in the video, she does it. Since this whole retirement thing began about two months ago, Nikki has delivered a few scorching features, most yes, notably. Yes, she has. Yeah, it sounds like she's retired. Yeah, most notably for the baby's iPhone and PMB Rocks Fendi. Ain't gotta get what's 
All right, so clearly the September retirement tweet didn't stick, uh, thankfully. We're all thankful for it. We want Nikki to be here. Yes, yes. But where did it all come from in the first place? That's the question that we all are asking ourselves and asking Nikki. Well, Nikki finally explained what happened in a recent interview with The Shade Room posted to Instagram. The retirement was kind of talking about, like, my album, like, meaning, like, do I want to go back and record, you know, my fifth album? That's what I was talking about. But I knew that, of course, you know, features, you know, already, I always get get asked to do features, and I like features. I didn't know my fans were going to act like that with the tweet, and it hurt my feelings because I felt like the way I did it maybe was, like, insensitive to my fans. But I didn't think people were going to take it and make it. I didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal. <laughs> so that's why I deleted it. So, Fernando, uh, fans can rest easy knowing there are more team-ups to come from Nikki. Just warning, don't send her collaboration suggestions. Send those to Niall Horan. She explained <laughs> why, though, last week on Queen Radio from Apple Music's Beats 1. Y'all be hitting me and telling me to collaborate with people just because they may have shouted me out or said they like me. And we got to stop doing that, you guys, because let's be honest, and I saw people tweeting about this, a lot of people use the barbs, you know, to get attention. So they'll either act like they love me and they love my fans sometimes, or sometimes they'll act like, oh my God, her fans are so cruel, oh my God, so that they can, can get sympathy. Y'all gotta really stop. I will always collaborate with who I want when I want, okay? Please let it stop. Ah, the triumphant comeback year for the Jonas Brothers. It's not over yet. Ooh, On last week's show, right. we talked about Mariah Carey celebrating the 25th anniversary of her iconic album, Merry Christmas, with a deluxe edition. And, you know, seems like that release struck a chord with the brothers because they posted this on social media. Mariah Carey has given the world the green light, so the holiday season has begun. And they use a lot of exclamation points, of course. <laughs> and it has indeed. Here's the new Jonas Brothers track, Like It's Christmas. You make everything feel like it's Christmas. Happy holidays. I know. Ho, ho, ho. This has been our hugely successful year in Jonas Land as their reunion album, Happiness Begins, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 Albums chart. The album, of course, featured the 80s throwback track, Cool, which came along with an equally retro music video. The Jonas Brothers stopped by Billboard earlier this year to talk cool with Billboard, and here's what they had to say. Oh, they're so cool. I see what you did there. I think my favorite lyric from the song is... Woke up feeling like a new James Dean. Comb my hair like an old school scene. Everyone thinks it's sheen, but it's seen. Woke up feeling like a new James Dean. Comb my hair like an old school scene. Definitely the Post Malone ah. name drop and Game of Thrones name drop. We have a few name drops in this song. Um, James Dean, Jane Fonda, Post Malone, and Game of, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yes, they, um, I think we're big Game of Thrones fans, obviously, and we're big Post Malone fans, and he gave us a shout in his song, so we did the favor of returning the favor. 
Now, last week, we covered 21 Savage hopping on Normani's Motivation Remix. You speak the truth. Yes, I do. And he also recently joined Summer Walker for a new version of Janae Aiko's Triggered Freestyle. This week, he continues his run of R&B collabs by showing up on Alicia Keys' Sultry Show Me Love remix, Ooh. also featuring Miguel. I mean, you are overloaded in Sultry. This is awesome. Check out this song. By the time you realize it was PTSD, you ain't even care. Damn. Show me love, treat it like we freaking on a weekend. Show me love, I eat up the second signs and reasons for your love. Now, as for Alicia, the original version of Show Me Love arrived in September, kicking off the rollout for her seventh studio album. Now, we are still patiently waiting on the details about that new set, but Billboard recently caught up with her, and since she's had quite an impressive history on the charts, we, of course, had to ask her about her best Billboard moment to date. Take a listen. I'm blessed to have a few Billboard moments, but I think the one that I remember the most is the first one because it's kind of hard to forget the first one, especially with my first song because that song was falling and because basically everybody told me that that song wouldn't work. Everything was different about that song and there was really no reason why it would work because it didn't follow any formulas. And it did actually go to the top of the Billboard charts and become a number one song. That was big because it really signified that you can be who you are, that I can be who I am, that I don't have to follow anybody else to get where I hope to go. And to be able to be recognized and to be able to be appreciated and loved and for people to love what you do, you can just be you. That is Crossed the Line from Foo Fighter drummer Taylor Hawkins' new album, Get the Money. After spending the past two years on the road with the Foo's supporting 2017's Billboard 200 topping Concrete and Gold, Taylor has now released his third album with his band, The Coattail Riders. It's also his fifth album overall outside of Foo Fighters. Taylor spoke with Katie Kroll from Billboard and said the new album's sound is schizophrenic. It winds through various states of rock and roll, including prog and glam, tributes to classic rock, everything in between. He also talked about how the new music comes from where he is now in life, which is a completely different space than he expected. I can't write about being young and going to clubs or I'm not necessarily very political. And that's definitely politics scare me a lot right now. But um, a lot of it has to do with sort of being at this place in my life where I am a 47-year-old man and I have children and I mean I never had, never thought to myself well I'm going to be a suburban dad someday mm-hmm. and and really that's that is what I am <laughs> you know I was going to at one point I was going to call the record more tales from suburban hell <laughs> <laughs> Now, Taylor brought in star-studded guests for this set, including Foo's frontman Dave Grohl, who we just heard on Cross the Line. Plus, we have Chrissy Hind, along with Guns N' Roses, Duff McKagan, Nancy Wilson, Perry Farrell, Roger Taylor. I mean, the list goes yeah. on. That's like a rock who's who. It really is. But probably the biggest surprise here is not a rock person. It's actually country star Leanne Rhymes. Really? Now this I need to hear. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, what's the secret to getting Leanne to sign up? Well, it turns out the whole suburban dad thing comes in pretty handy. 
Deanne came to my house because she lives in my neighborhood. Our kids went to the same school. Betty's silly school events, you know, to raise money for these rich private schools, which is pretty funny. So I went to some event for this, this school for, and that both of our kids ride, and um, she was singing. And I, I mean, I, I've met her, I've met her a few times, like at, you know, soccer practice, you know, for one of our kids or something, but I've never, I mean, just very briefly. And uh, I saw her sing at this thing, and I was, she just had a rad voice. And then I talked to her, and she's a rad person. Um, yeah, perfect. So here's a little of Leanne's <laughs> rad voice on See You in Hell. Alright, here's what else you need to know about this week. That was Woe by Atlanta rapper Lil Baby. Now, this is his first solo track since July, and it comes ahead of his follow-up to Street Gossip, which should be ready in 2020. Now, it's been a massive couple of years for Lil Baby. Here are just a few of his accolades. Every single project he's released has hit gold or platinum status. His songs have been streamed more than 10 billion times, and he has had 12 Billboard Hot 100 singles in 2019 alone. Let's go ahead and listen to a little bit more of Woe. And next up, Ozuna has dropped a new video for Hasta Que Saga El Sol, Until the Sun Ooh. Rises. The track, I know, right? Everything sounds better in Spanish. It sounds so sexy. That track is from his upcoming album, which has 19 tracks and is slated for release later this month. In the new video that we got this week, Osuna lands on another planet and has a special encounter with its inhabitants who come together to dance to the rhythm. Let's dance to that rhythm a little bit ourselves right now. Here's Asta Que Salga Es So. Get your dancing shoes on, Chelsea. Now we're going under the graveyard for Ozzy Osbourne's first solo music in almost 10 whole years. That's right, we just heard a little bit of his new ballad that builds into a huge rocker. Now I have to say, it's really great to hear this new music because Ozzy recently let us know that he had a really bad fall earlier this year. He was actually stuck at home, bored stiff as he described it, but hoped he'd be back on track soon. Now he did have to cancel European tour dates that had been scheduled for January and February, but he's recovering enough and he's keeping North American tour dates that start in May. The new song is the first single from the Legends upcoming album, Ordinary Man, which is expected early in 2020. So here's to Ozzy being back on track and here's a little more of Under the Graveyard. And finally, country singer Jordan Davis dropped a new track called Cool Anymore featuring Julia Michael. She's the best. Yes, Take a she listen. Is. I know you and I know when we're alone. You hold me better or better than anyone. You don't have to be cool anymore. Show me inside that nobody else knows. Drop that act with your keys at the door. 
Last year, of course, Jordan dropped his debut album, Home State. He topped Billboard's Emerging Artists chart and Country Airplay chart and was named Billboard's Top New Country Artist for 2018. Now, this year, he took home the Best New Country Artist Prize at the 2019 iHeartRadio Music Awards and was up for New Male Artist of the Year at the ACM Awards. He's just killing it right now, and he's expecting a baby coming up here real soon. So congratulations, congratulations. to him for that. Yes. He'll also be hitting the road starting in January for his Trouble Town tour named after this song, which he dropped just last month. Let's take a quick visit to Trouble Town. Now we're leaving Trouble Town and headed to Lake Tahoe. Are we? Yes. <laughs> Not? While you're headed to Lake Tahoe, I'm going to stay here and rock out to all the new music we just talked about, especially... The Jonas Brothers Christmas truck, because you know what, Fernando? I'm feeling the holiday spirit. Pumpkin spice lattes, maybe the mistletoe. Mm. I don't know. Let's do it. That's our show this week. Don't forget to join us every Friday on Billboard.com for your insider's guide to all the best new music. Until next week, I'm Chelsea Briggs. And I'm Fernando Ventura. We will see you then on First Stream Live. Go, go.